Hey there, and welcome back to the show that asks the question, why D&D? Is this all real? Or is it just happening inside my head? Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Today, I am excited to talk about what I believe is one of the fundamentals of Dungeons and Dragons, of tabletop role-playing games, of collective storytelling around a table, and that is imagination and creativity. Imagination and creativity are such a crucial ingredient, such a driving force in these experiences that it is totally worth a whole episode. It is totally worth a whole entire podcast series. I don't really want to do that, so we're going to do it in one episode and just scratch the beautiful surface of this topic. And so today we're going to talk about a few different things. First of all, how creativity and imagination is healthy for us as people. At bemorewithless.com slash create, there is a uh, small but compact article on the good things human beings get from being creative, from using their imaginations. Uh, One of the primary ones is it is scientifically good for our brains. That individuals high in creativity maintain the integrity of their neural networks even into an old age. Scientific lingo aside, what this is pretty much saying is the more you can exercise creativity and use your imagination in your life, that your brain is working out while you do that, and that all of the connections and wiring inside your head get stronger the more you do it, and the stronger they are, the longer they last into old age, into the end of your life. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, Having strong neural connections is something a lot of older people lose um, later on in their lives. And so as we, those of us who, who are before that stage, if we're exercising uh, our minds through creativity and imagination, it's really good for us in the long run. And, and yes, being a, being a creative with air quotes around that, um, is somewhat of a personality trait, something that a lot of people don't have control over. But even if you aren't a creative, everyone has opportunities to exercise creativity and use their imagination. And so what an awesome space to do that D&D is and TTRPGs are. Um, The next beautiful thing that imagination and creative exercise does for us is it is it hones our problem-solving skills. It really improves and strengthens our problem-solving skills. Instinctively, most people like to look at a problem they have very linearly. They say there is this one problem and there is one solution and if I can just find that one solution and execute it well, everything will be okay. When in fact, problems are often 
very complex and there's a lot of different angles to look at them from a lot of different frames to look at them through and if that's the case there's probably more than one solution and so as many different angles and frames there are for your problem there are just as many if not more solutions and exercising your creativity even in a casual fun setting like D&D really um, strengthens those problem solve those creative problem solving skills in all areas of our lives which is a really really good helpful thing for everybody and lastly it teaches us to be confident in the face of risk and even failure if you're a more traditional creative right so you're working with artwork or storytelling through writing movies media or you're or you're or you're making music you are putting time and love and effort and resources sweat blood and tears the whole ordeal into something for lack of a better term you're putting it into a product right even though it's kind of a cold term to use and so you're crafting this thing that you care about that you spent time and resources on. And then, to some degree, you share that with other people. You put that out into the world for other people to experience too. That's a big risk. I mean, with something you've put that much care into, if it's received harshly and negatively, that can be crushing. On the flip side of that, it can be received very warmly and people flock to it and want more of it. And that's a beautiful thing. But that's a big spectrum of risk there, you know? And so the more you do that, the more comfortable and confident you are with that risk and even with those, I would say, inevitable failures. Failure sucks. Like take it from someone that, that uh, feels really bad anytime success isn't the outcome of anything I do right? I hate to fail. Most of us hate to fail. And yet creativity requires a lot of trial and error, a lot of risk, a lot of failure. That's a beautiful thing. As hard as it can be, that's a beautiful thing. And so as we use our imaginations, as we exercise creativity, um, in our minds, we're building up this resilience, this confidence uh, to stand up against failure and risk and see them as healthy parts of life, necessary parts of life. Um, Those are three beautiful aspects of creativity. And, And so as we use our imaginations, we're strengthening our minds literally through the neural connections and networks in our brains. We are strengthening our problem solving skills that we need in all aspects of life. And we're training ourselves up to be resilient and confident in the face of risk and failure. How cool is that? And especially cool that we can do that around a table, playing a game with our friends, right? In a, in a casual, fun, hopefully safe environment. And, and Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing games are especially nice because you can exercise these things without any finely tuned, honed skills, right? You don't need to spend years training to be an expert artist or an expert musician or an expert writer. You can sit down at the table with your friends 
and tell a story together using that that childlike wonder and imagination we have within us that we talked about in episode one. So there you go. Uh, I like to be creative. I like to use my imagination. Like that gives me joy. It is life-giving. It is it is um, encouraging for me. And although that might not be the case for everyone to that degree, being creative, using our imaginations, exercising creativity is an important and healthy thing that I would encourage anyone to do. So let's move away from the science a little bit. Let's move away from the technicalities. Let's move away from the um, drier stuff that we've just talked about and do something kind of fun. Um, I'm going to kind of walk you through an imaginative exercise that becomes easier the more you do it, but it's an exercise that hones a skill that is very helpful in D&D, which is kind of this reckless abandon for design, for coming up with monsters and stories and characters and environments and situations. And you kind of leave behind this desire for it to be perfect and you take on this outlook, this belief that what could be, the stories that could be, the monsters that could be, the characters and worlds that could be, have a life of their own. I don't know if you've ever done this before. I don't know if this is something I came up with or it's something I heard of somewhere. But whenever I'm having a hard time trying to get to sleep, one thing that often helps me greatly is to close my eyes and in the words of Yoda, even though I'm not trying to use the force, I'm just trying to go to sleep, clear your mind. Clear your mind. Now, what does that mean? For me, it, it starts, even though it's quick, it starts with this blank slate. Just the blank slate behind my eyelids. As I'm not thinking about anything in particular, things will come to mind. Maybe it's words, maybe it's a shape, maybe it's a picture, whatever it is. Whatever comes to mind, just explore that. And like, let's assume here it's a healthy thing to explore. I think just because we're people, just because we're human beings in a harsh world, uh, some of the things that come to mind can be unhealthy things, can be harmful, cold things. And, and we might want to just slide those away on the conveyor belt and try something new. But anyway, so let's say I'm closing my eyes and the first thing that comes to mind is a sled. I don't know where that sled came from. Why I'm thinking of a sled in the middle of June. Who knows? Does the sled have a rope? Yeah, okay, the sled has a rope. And these are just things that are kind of, they're things that are becoming. They're becoming as I've cleared my mind and I'm just letting my imagination kind of run wild, healthfully. So the sled has a rope. Is it a flat plastic sled or is it, or is it a uh, more classic toboggan style sled? I think it's a toboggan style sled. And yeah, it's, it's on snow and we're on this giant hill and we're going down it. 
Okay, and and now there we are. Are there trees? Yeah, there's enough space for the sled not to hit them, but on the edges of this giant slope, there are tall pine trees covered in snow. The sky is blue, a few clouds floating around, right? Like, I'm not choosing to think of these things. I'm just kind of letting them come. And as they come, I don't shoo them away, unless it's a healthy thing to shoo them away. And then soon enough, I have this whole picture. And then I'm on the sled, and I'm sledding down this hill, and there's snow flying, and it's cold, and I can imagine the hat and the snowsuit I have on, all these different things, right? We could sit here for literally an hour and just expand on that picture. But I hope you get the idea that I kind of let those pictures, I let that environment have a life of its own, and it built up upon itself. There's like this reckless, <laughs> this reckless abandonment uh, of creativity when I'm doing that. So that's the first thing. Like I would just encourage you to try that. Once this episode's over, you can stop it now and try it. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes and imagine a picture for two minutes. Probably not the safest option. But then there's this next step where you can kind of seize it a little more and sculpt a little more and control it a little more. And so as I was thinking through the outline for this podcast episode, I was outside walking around and I saw some lawn furniture, just a chair um, out on the front lawn next to the campfire. I just began to use my imagination. Okay, what if that wooden lawn chair weren't just a chair? If it's not just a chair, what else is it? Well, maybe we go like a horror route, right? That, that it's pitch black outside. The moon is a sliver. A gentle wind blows through the trees around the lawn. You're just going outside to get some fresh air at the end of a long day. And you hear some wood creak over where the lawn furniture is. So it's nighttime, you're a little on edge, so you swing around real quick and everything's as it should be. And so you keep walking around, wandering, breathing in the fresh air, and you hear it again a little louder this time. And you swing around, and this time you swear the lawn furniture, the wooden lawn furniture that sounds like the origin of the creaking, is slightly angled towards your, towards your position, more than it was when you first came out here. Hmm. Do you go closer to investigate? Do you try and walk past lawn furniture and get back to your house as soon as possible? Who knows? Maybe you just, again, it's, it's a long day. And this is why you needed fresh air in the first place. So you continue wandering around and you hear it again. This time you're even more confident that those chairs are not in the position they were. So you say, Hello? There's no response. You haven't heard footsteps or breathing or leaves in the woods moving around. It's just the creaking and the alternate positioning of the seats every time you turn around. Right, that's like taking wooden lawn furniture and creating a horror setting around it. What if we instead kind of went this action route, this this route that is exciting and has... has uh, um, really uh, intense, v really intense violence 
Um, and so, okay, this time maybe the chairs aren't creatures of their own. Maybe they are just chairs, but you're in a combat sequence. You're in an encounter with a bunch of enemies, and it's you unarmed, and the only thing around you are are these lawn chairs that could be turned into impromptu weapons. And so you, your mind begins to go, how can I turn this chair into a weapon? Maybe I pick it up and smash it on the ground and it splinters into pieces. And I just grab the two largest pieces I can and, and, and put them under my foot and snap them off into sharp points to act as these handheld spears as my enemies come at me. Or maybe I use the chair itself and slam it into my enemy. What is the effect of that? How far do they go flying? Does Do the pieces splinter off? Splinter off? Am, I, am I left with those two handheld spears after smashing it off into one of my opponents? Right? Just like think of all the ways you could use that chair as an impromptu weapon in a fantasy encounter. And suddenly it's not just a chair. It's opportunity to protect yourself or protect others who are weaker. You know, maybe you go a dramatic route, and this wouldn't really work great in a D&D setting, but it could work great for a short story or something, and that chair has been in your family for decades upon decades, and the wood, the grain of the wood within it, the stories of your ancestors are written within Maybe it's a little magical. Maybe somebody comes up with an arcane, magical way to retrieve those stories. And you can see all the different situations that Chair has sat through in its history, in your family's history. Family reunions, hard conversations, lonely moments, right? And those all kind of flash before your eyes as the stories are pulled out from the grain of the wood making up this chair. Right, you could go so many different routes. That lawn chair isn't just a chair. If you let your imagination run wild a little bit, there are some pretty cool things that happen. So, when that's happening at the D&D table, collectively, when you have a group of three to six, maybe eight people doing that together, I like to use the word it flowers, but that's somewhat of an understatement. The fun, the creativity, the wonder, the majesty of collective storytelling when everyone is using their imaginations, exercising creativity in this way, is just astounding. And it's pretty unique to Dungeons and Dragons. It's pretty unique to tabletop role-playing games because a movie might be really good at tapping into your imagination and creativity, but eventually those credits are going to roll. And that movie is encapsulated in itself. It has an hour and a half, two hours to tell its story, and that story will be the same every time you watch it. Maybe the nuances will be a little bit different, but what you're consuming is the same every time you consume it. Same for music, same for writing. And yet, every time you sit down at the D&D table, sit down in your group to tell a story together, the story is new. The ideas are new. The world expands. Your characters grow. And it's seemingly boundless. I have not yet found a limit or a ceiling. And so it's just such an exceptional experience 
to use our creativity, use our imaginations in a way that is easily shared around the table with a group of people that all care and it's boundless. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? Again, this kind of stuff takes practice. And the practice might be daunting for some. I get that. I get I am probably somewhat of a unique type in doing these creative exercises. Uh, it just brings me joy. I love doing them. I love doing them even when they're stupid. Like I ran an hour-long D&D game a couple weeks ago that was completely improv, and the story was terrible. The world was terrible. I did a terrible job. And it felt a little rough at the end. I felt like I just kind of wasted me and my friend's time for an hour. But, you know, at the end of the day, who cares? I learned a lot from that, I would say, failure. Um, for next time, I know what to do more in the future to tell good stories um, that are improvised. I know what a good world looks like versus a not good world even more now. And so as daunting as it may be for you, you can start in small ways by, again, letting your imagination run wild. You can do it on your own when you're driving around, when you're going to sleep at night, when you're on your own, whatever it is. You can just kind of see what comes up in your mind that is healthy to observe, healthy to let run wild, and just expand on those pictures. Just build upon it. However your imagination wants to, right? And then when you're at the table, when you're telling stories collectively, if you are a D&D player, you can even start in small ways. You don't need to craft a whole entire world the first time you sit down at a D&D table. You can just do it in small ways. Like, maybe the next time you play D&D, describe more of your D&D character's outfit. What are they wearing? What are the colors and the style? Maybe if you want to go one step further, why is that the clothes that they wear? Does that have to do with their history? Does that have to do with them trying to hide something? Does it have to do with their own personal views and values? And if you take that step, go the next step. If it does have to do with their views and values, okay, what are their views and values and why do they hold them? Right? And then it just branches out and branches out and branches out and becomes this boundless wonder of storytelling. And you all get to enjoy it together around the table. So, I don't just want to leave you hanging. We kind of did it with the with the chair uh, experiment. Turning it into horror, turning it into action, turning it into drama, right? But let's see, if, if I pull up a random image from the internet. I have a random image generator here. And I'm just going to, I'm going to click generate. And the first one that comes up that is in some kind of environment. Um, we're going to craft a story prompt from that. And that story prompt, if we let our imaginations run wild, we could turn into a whole D&D game, a whole D&D campaign if you want to put that much effort into it. So let's click generate. If you're just listening, uh, I will describe the image for you, and then we will create a prompt from it. Beautiful. Okay. So this is somewhere on Earth. It looks like a European country, and it's a large parliament-like 
structure. So it's made of stone. At one end, there seems to be some kind of chapel with a clock tower. And at the other end, it's this incredibly square stone structure with about three stories, flat roof, few chimneys, blue skies with quite a few clouds. But the really unique thing uh, is that seemingly surrounding the building that I just described to you is water. And on that water, close to the camera, is floating a life preserver. The water is pretty still. Now, from this image, I can't see anything else. So, here's the prompt. And this is just me letting my imagination run wild. I'm seeing this picture for the very first time. Trying to show you guys. I'm trying to show you guys uh, that by letting our imaginations run wild, we can come up with some pretty cool things. So, I really like the idea that the water in this picture is a lot deeper than it probably actually is in reality. But you can't tell in this image. And I like the flotation device that is just kind of hauntingly floating there. It looks like it's been there a while. It's not like it just got thrown in. And the structure is pretty cool too. I, I really like the European design. So what if... There's this block in a city, right? And most of that block is made up of the structure I described to you, the chapel and the clock tower, the parliament-like um, structure on the other end. And this place has been used for experimenting and research and design for how to make an entire city float. Like float uh, confidently, reliably. And they haven't got to test it out yet. And the reason they're experimenting and researching and designing is because there has been worldwide news that the earth is going to flood. That the, that the, the floor of the ocean uh, contains even more ocean beneath it and that's a new discovery, and something is causing it to break free, and the floodwaters are going to rise, and most of the world is going to be destroyed by it. We're pulling from like Noah's Ark story here a little bit, um, but we can always pull inspiration. This looks to be modern day, so we can go with that. And so they haven't actually got to test this out yet, and they've been working on it for years and years and years. And one day, it happens. Those floodwaters break loose and the oceans begin to rise and cover the continents of Earth, or the continents of this world, if we don't even want to pretend it's Earth. And so this laboratory, this place that's been experimenting for years, begins to freak out, like, Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. They're pretty confident, but they aren't sure. And so everyone that they can hold around in the immediate vicinity, um, they get the, 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 the police of that area to begin herding people in, as many people as they can fit. And before the people come, they're ordered to bring as much food as they possibly can to store. And as the oceans rise and things become more and more tense, eventually it reaches this laboratory. And it hits. The ocean crashes into this structure and it holds. 
And not only does it hold in a last-ditch effort to survive, a last-ditch effort to see if their year's worth of work has paid off, those within pull switches, pull a bunch of different things and release um, what keeps them held into position, and they are released onto the rising floodwaters, and they begin to float. And they're tossed because the ocean is not calm right now. There are giant waves, tsunami-like. And yet, their experiments, their research, their testing has paid off. And they withstand the storm. They withstand the flood. And they float atop it. They remain upright against the worst of the waves. And within a few days' time, Things calm, but they do not recede. And there is now a globe covered in water. And as far as the eye can see, this floating block in a once dry city is all there is standing over the sea. Where do we go from there? Well, there's so many storylines. Okay, we made this thing float. Can we drive it? Can we maneuver it? Or is it stationary? How are we going to keep everyone in here alive? We, they brought food, but is this sustainable? What kind of dramatic, violent, hostile dynamics are going on inside through panic, through fear? Are there other people out there that survived? Can they catch up to them? Can they save them? Can they work together to figure out what to do to restore humanity? Or is this one block floating on a flooded planet the only thing remaining? Well, let's find that out in game, <laughs> right? And that's where your story starts. What a prompt from a random image generated from the internet that is the power of imagination and creativity letting your imagination run wild i fully believe that everyone is capable of doing that it might be hard at first it might take some practice but everyone's imagination can and wants to run wild and if we can kind of keep a grip on it to keep it within healthy limits it's a beautiful beautiful thing to do so this was a very abstract episode. I was kind of all over the place, but I feel like that is um, kind of on track for how creativity and imagination actually works. There's not always an outline, and often outlines are a hindrance. And so I hope this, I hope this has inspired a little bit of something in you to exercise that creativity more, not only because it's healthy for us to do so, but it's also a beautiful, wondrous, joyous thing. Um, and I, I, I hope it instilled some confidence in you that you're capable of this. Um, hey, if, if you ever are able to like reach out to me, leave some kind of comment or review or whatever it is, I don't know how this works. If you see me in person, I would love to hear about the beautiful things that have arisen from your imagination running wild, especially around the D&D table collective storytelling. Thanks for listening again, guys. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chat through this stuff. I hope it helps 
answer the question a little bit, why D&D? And I hope you'll join me next time for episode four. Peace out. Is this all real? Or is it just happening inside my head? Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real?